Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Manny Navarro, TheAthletic.com covers Miami. Cam Ward, after Miami was looking and searching, went to Albany to find someone to be a part of their quarterback room, and then one of the best that was in the portal or open, Cam Ward now is a part of the Hurricanes and Mario Cristobal's program. Manny, thank you very much. Was this like a late Christmas present for them? It really was. I think uh, when Cam uh, said on January 1st that he was going to turn pro, I think Miami was sort of uh, turned into scramble mode, really, because uh, they hadn't really pushed, uh, I think, for any other elite quarterbacks or felt good about it. And uh, they kind of put all their eggs in in the Cam Ward basket. So uh, they knew they had until January 15th. That was the deadline uh, for uh, early enrollees into the draft. And uh, Cam just decided two days before to change his mind and come to Miami. Manny, um, they're like again, like you said, they put a lot of eggs in that basket. I know that they got Reese Poffenbarger from Albany, and that was the transfer quarterback they had until Cam said this. But this is a pretty seismic turn of events for them because had they had to go into the spring cycle unsure of what their quarterback situation would be, uh, that would have been really hard to to deal with uh, going into the year and. Uh, you know, to, for that to turn around and get their number one choice, that that had to be like getting a lottery ticket. Yeah, it really was. I mean, Cam is a, is a guy that I think everybody in the country uh, who's looking for a quarterback uh, in the transfer portal, you know, they, they identified him as, as one of the top guys, right? And if not the top guy, and 44 career starts between his time in Incarnate Word and Washington State, and, you know, a lot of gaudy passing numbers, 13,000 career yards, 119 touchdowns. Uh, just a, the kind of guy who, you know, you think you can can play on Sundays and, and could really uh, take your program to the next level. You know, they thought they had that in Tyler Van Dyke the last couple seasons. Tyler uh, turned into an interception machine towards the end of his career here at Miami uh, and entered the portal and left for Wisconsin. And they were kind of left, you know, hey, do we really want to count on, uh, you know, a sophomore uh, or, or a freshman to come in here and lead this thing or, or even a transfer from Albany? Uh, and, and Ward obviously was a, was a big upgrade for him. Manny, what's just kind of the feel around the Miami program following this past season? Obviously, there's excitement today with the Cam Ward news, but just how would you describe sort of the vibes in South Beach right now when it comes to the program? Well, I think they certainly feel better about it. You know, Mario talked about this. He never came out and said it was going to be a slow build, but he said, look, we're we're going to do this through recruiting, and that's where Miami put most of their effort, Uh, you know, signing a bunch of uh, freshmen, the last two signing classes, having two two top ten recruiting classes in back-to-back years he could have you know Mario could have gone the other way and just said well we're going to sign 30 transfers right and, and try to just load up on guys that can help us right away but that wasn't the plan he wanted to build a foundation and you know you, you look at this season yes Miami finished seven and six with a bowl loss to Rutgers but there were a lot of freshmen who got on the field early for Miami got a lot of experience they've got two freshman All-Americans and Ruben uh, Bain and, and Francis Maui go on both sides the offensive and defensive line there 
uh, two anchors here for the next couple of seasons. They've got other young guys that they're developing all over the field. And so Mario uh, took the slow build approach and uh, sprinkling in a couple of transfers. He feels good about it. and They expect a, a leap forward here in year three. What if it doesn't go well early? Anything like the clock is ticking or is he pretty much set right there? Yeah, I think he said, I mean, I've said this repeatedly, he's got a 10-year deal, uh, $80 million, you know, and, and uh, so he's got seven years left on that. You don't buy yourself out of out of something like that. This was a long-term investment for Miami, who doesn't really, you know, up until the last couple of years, didn't really spend money on football. It's been a seismic change uh, from the top of the school on down to say, hey, we're going to invest in football. It's something we're known for, the U is known for football as much as it is it's medicine and, and, and it's academics and and uh, we need to we need to make it uh great again right that was their approach and and so they, this is an investment in Mario Cristobal I think we don't start having that discussion with Mario until after year five year six if he still hasn't gotten things right Manny what else do they need to add uh to uh highlight the Cam Ward experience well, look, I, I like their two receivers. Uh, Xavier Restrepo is coming back off a 1,000-yard season. Jacoby George, flash. He had a good game against Texas A&M. You go back and watch the tape there. Uh, he had some other moments where he was involved in the explosive passing game at a touchdown against Florida State. So they feel good about you know two of the guys that they've got, but they really could use a, a third weapon, and that's something maybe Cam Ward could, could help bring in, right, when the spring transfer portal window opens up again in April. Uh, maybe there's a receiver who says, you know what, I could go down and be the number one guy at Miami. I'm going to change addresses. So I think that's one priority. I think the other one is safety. Uh, they lost two guys that were really, really good uh, in Cameron Kitchens and James Williams, two two guys that are going to get drafted. Uh, and I don't know that they really have anybody waiting in the wings to take over. It's sort of a, a big question mark going into the season. So I, I think between safety and maybe that true number one receiver, they can if they can address those two things, they could be a playoff team next year. Manny, I was just curious. Uh, we hear so much out of Tallahassee when it comes to the future of the ACC. How much is that conversation occurring or reverberating around Miami at all? Well, listen, the ACC uh, was very excited when they got Miami in 2004, right? I mean, they were they thought, well, we've got Florida State, we've got Miami, we've got Virginia Tech, we've got three of the best teams in the country, right? And, that, and at the time, they weren't wrong. Uh, what happened was Miami went the wrong direction. Virginia Tech was good for a little while. They fell apart. And then Florida State, after they won their uh, last national championship, went through a really uh, tough period there with, after Jimbo Fisher left. So Mike Norvell's finally got this thing right. Uh, but Miami is, uh, when they're at their best, a, a lightning rod in college football. And, and so I think everybody around the ACC is hoping that Mario Cristobal is the guy to get them on the right track because uh, if the ACC is going to be successful as a football conference, they need one of their flagship programs to uh, carry its weight. Do you think Miami would follow FSU at it? Like what is their uh, belief about the future of the ACC and their place in the future of college football? Well, listen, I think everybody knows that we're gravitating towards the power too, right? If we're not already there uh, with with the, the big 10 and the SEC, uh, Miami is an AAU accredited uh, program. They just got that about a year or two ago. Obviously, the Big Ten loves that. Uh, and about Miami, uh, they, they get a ton of recruits out of the state of Florida. If the Big Ten were to be interested in expanding further south and getting into the state of Florida, I think Miami would raise its hand and say, yes, we're interested. But I think for right now, knowing the TV contract situation uh, that nobody's gotten out of yet, but I know Florida State is dying to, uh, I think for now, Miami sees itself as you know, potential to be the best program in the ACC and to build off of that in years to come. 
And if the uh, Big Ten comes calling in, in a few years, then it'd be ready for that move. Manny, you did a story that has pinned at the top of your timeline uh, on Twitter or X. We talked to future college football stars at the Under Armour All-American game, granted them anonymity, anonymity excuse me, uh, to gather insights on NIL. The coaches they liked and didn't like and what rules they'd like to see changed. Um, I think I remember reading that when it first came out. What were a couple of the nuggets from the players, the student athletes or the players, football players, on what they would like to see changed? Well, I think for most of them, you know, they, they, the kids nowadays love these, these uh, those big photo shoots that were going on uh, up until the NCAA decided, you know what, that's a big waste of money. We don't need to do that for guys that aren't on unofficial trips. So I think a lot of these kids, they, you know, how they love the Instagram and they, they would love to uh, to bring that back and make sure them and their buddies can get their photos taken. Uh, they, they're not happy about that. Uh, but I think, you know, more important things, I think for, for some guys, they said less calling. You know, they say coaches call way too much. Uh, other guys want every trip that they go on, uh, whether it's official or unofficial, to be covered by the school, especially if they have to drive far to get there with their parents. Um, you know, I, those are those are some of the key nuggets that I remember them talking about. Manny, with Cam Ward now their quarterback, what are the expectation levels of what 25, 20, 2024 may be the ceiling and the minimum requirement? Yeah, I think the minimum requirement is nine wins for Miami. I think to get anything less than that, uh, you know, getting one of the best quarterbacks in the country to transfer your program, being in year three, Miami improved by two wins uh, from year one to year two. I think getting from seven to nine is probably the minimum. And, and I would say the ceiling is winning the ACC. I don't think this is a national championship winning program. I don't think it's a team that you'll find in the final four as currently constructed, but they win the ACC or they get into the college football playoff, that would probably be the ceiling for this team right now. Mario has this thing headed in the right direction. Um, certainly he thinks that, you know, that there's been some major improvements, especially on the offensive and defensive line, which is where I think a lot of these championship teams ultimately uh, are formulated. Uh, but they're not there yet in terms of depth. They still have a lot of young guys that need to be uh, groomed and brought along. Cam Ward, though, gives you a really special weapon at the quarterback position. And we've seen what that's done for teams uh, like Washington uh, this past season and, and Tennessee the year before that, right? When you have a special guy at the QB position and a couple playmakers, you can put up a lot of points and, and have a you know a top 10 caliber type team. So I think that's what Miami is at its ceiling right now. Manny, um, I was having this discussion on a podcast earlier uh, about, you know, the, the 90s and early 2000s, the three teams in Florida, you know, kind of had this, like, almost treaty of we're going to have the, you know, your 25, our 25, your 25. And, you know, whoever gets the players that sway, you know, when, when somebody gets the Ed Reeds and Sean Taylors of the world, they're going to be the stud team. When somebody gets the Derek Brooks and Andre Wadsworth of the world, they're going to be the stud team and all, all those things that, that wins. Nick Saban came along in 2007 and really just started um, you know, gravitating those players north into Tuscaloosa. What do you think that Nick Saban's retirement, now that it's created this kind of uh, power vacuum and this talent availability, will do for schools in Florida being able to maybe keep some of those guys there because they might have gone to Florida, Florida State, or Miami because they wanted to stay close to home, but Nick Saban, the Pope of college football, summoned them to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly loosens things up a little bit, uh, but we've got to see what kind of job Keelan DeBoer does. I mean, ultimately, a lot of these elite recruits, I think, want to go play for teams that have a chance to win a championship. And I think until Miami 
Florida and Florida State put themselves back on that level on a consistent basis. I know Florida State probably deserved to, to get into the playoff this year. And unfortunately for them, went undefeated and got left out. But if they can repeat that and, and Miami can start to build some consistency where, where guys really feel, hey, I can go to Miami and have a chance to win a championship, I think that's what changes it more so than, than, than Saban leaving. He's obviously a tremendous magnet, but I would say where, where, where he departs, a guy like Kirby Smart only gets stronger, right? He's, he's, he's built a, a, a tremendous power there at Georgia, and, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what the board does at Alabama. Can he keep it up? Can he can, can continue to recruit at the kind of level uh, that Nick did for so many years? Uh, I think Texas is another team to watch uh, with Sarkeesian, especially not going to the SEC. They could be the kind of program that steps in and replaces Alabama. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch, but I think ultimately the success of the in-state, the big three, as you called it, it's going to be on them to win and to make themselves relevant. Manny, what is uh, the the way that Miami holds themselves with all this ACC uproar, with Florida State now suing the conference and vice versa? Where do they stand on all that? Well, I, I think internally, uh, you know, they they, they were they kind of wish that maybe Florida State would keep their mouth shut, right, and not, and not create as many ways as they are, because in the end. Uh, the ACC, uh, you know, as, as a unit, they're trying to succeed. They're trying to make as much money as possible uh, and, and survive and to keep keep up in the arms race. So um, I think while while they certainly can understand uh, Florida State complaining that they, they want to make more money and deserve more from the conference uh, because they're the more successful program right now, uh, you know, they, they were all for uh, some of the changes that, that the ACC decided to adopt, including, uh, you know, the postseason revenue sharing and, and how teams that have more success on the field get to get more back. So uh, they, they agreed with that part of uh, Florida State's plan and, and thoughts. And, uh, but I think in the long run, um, Miami's just worried about Miami and, and getting, getting its football program back to where it wants to be instead of being an afterthought in college football. Thank you, Manny. Appreciate you as always. Appreciate your time. Manny Navarro, theathletic.com, on the Miami Hurricanes who need – to uh, get a little jolt, and maybe Cam Ward will give him that jolt. Hell of a player. This has been a Rogue Media Network 